Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am delighted to have with me today, Mark Hinderleiter. Mark, welcome. Thank you, Meredith. I'm delighted to have another great conversation with you. You and I have had many. We have. I have known Mark now for, gosh, I want to say 20 years. We go back a long ways. And he is the founder of Third Way, Inc. He's also an executive coach. And he is in a unique position to talk with us today because he's one of the few people I know that has been in the corporate world on two different occasions. And interspersed with that, was being an external coach and consultant. So, Mark, as we jump into our conversation today, tell us about your journey. It's a fascinating one. Yeah, you know, we we all have our own journey. So mine has really been two stops in the corporate world for significant periods of time, and then two stops as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a consultant. So kind of that timeline, Meredith, was the first 20 years of my career was in the corporate world, you know, as an HR uh, director, vice president, uh, and, and uh, vice president of training and development. And then I left that uh, corporate role to become an entrepreneur, you know, a coach, a consultant, uh, uh, you know, leadership workshop development uh, uh, pro. And then one of my clients hired me (laughs) to come back into the corporate world where I was a senior vice president of human resources for a billion dollar global uh, service provider in the oil and gas space. And then uh, 10 years of that, and I decided, okay, I think I've I've learned my lessons. I've done my time. This has been great finishing school to go do what I really want to do, and that is executive coaching leadership and culture development. So that's what I'm doing now. But there's more to the story in terms of what happened. And you've referred to it as the tale of two cultures. And it's fascinating to me that there were parallels in your first corporate experience and the second one. And I think it would be very uh, informative for our audience to hear the details of what happened in both of those situations? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind of this, uh, a movie, and then that movie, too, right? <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. Uh, the sequel. So here's what happened kind of both times, Meredith. Um, so in the first uh, role I was telling you about, 20 years, um, you know, for 18 or so of those years, Meredith, it was a really outstanding company, uh, profitable a growth kind of year over year and a great culture. Really, we were proud to work there. We were proud to work with each other. It was just, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but it was really a family culture. It really was that where people spent most of their careers uh, in this company. 
and, and, and we were successful and proud, and it was just the kind of career that you want to build when, you know, when you're young, and, and so I did. But here's what happened. <laughs> a CEO, really high-integrity CEO with a senior le leadership team that was aligned with that, uh, retired, and uh, new leadership came in and really destroyed the culture. Uh, came in with a singular focus of profitability and running up the stock price because this was a, uh, you know, a private equity group that, that really, I think their intention was to buy and sell. So, I mean, their singular focus was uh, ramp up the profits as much as possible, cut costs, and uh, run that stock price up. So what they did was ruin the culture and run it, run this really very good company out of business. I mean, out of business <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, over a several year period. And so after a, a couple of years of watching what was happening, I just didn't want to be part of that because I took so much pride in doing my part to, to build the company that I was really proud to work for. So great company, growth, profitability, wonderful culture, uh, destroyed literally uh, first the culture and then the profitability and growth literally ran it out of business so <clears throat> so so i did leave that's when I, my first uh, entry into uh, consulting and coaching and leadership development uh, and and then did that for i think four years and then developed a great relationship with one of my clients <clears throat> And they said, we really want you to come to work for us. And so I saw it as a people I liked working with. And I really had a pretty good insight to the culture because I was doing a lot of work with them. So I did. I joined. Um, and uh, there are 10 years. And for seven of those years, it was like the first experience that I had. Uh, a great CEO and senior leadership team, people of integrity that had business savvy, outstanding leadership. They were great stewards of the business, but they really respected culture and they really respected people and their contributions at every level. And so it was a great experience for seven of those 10 years. And then Meredith, the same thing happened. Uh, new leadership came in and, you know, tanked the culture by overly focusing on growing too fast with acquisitions that uh, strategically uh, weren't sound and not integrated well, and then, and then trying to implement a uh, uh, ERP system and employee resource platform all at the same time, and it just was a train wreck. And so the first thing that went was the culture, and right alongside that was uh, profitability and growth. Uh, retracted. And uh, today, uh, it's kind of the same thing. So a uh, company still in business, uh, but a company that had been had profitable quarters, Meredith, for 15 years, many of those before I got there, uh, change in leadership, and no profitable quarters for three years. Uh, and, and the only common, so, uh, you know, the pivot point was the change in leadership. So really the punchline of those experiences, Meredith, and you're right, I call it the tale of two cultures. When I've been part of a healthy culture where people were engaged and proud and really contributing, the profitability and the growth just went alongside that at twice. <laughs> but the other side of the coin was just as true 
when the culture tanked and became first unhealthy and then toxic, uh, the performance, business performance and growth and profitability just, you know, slid down that hill along with the culture. So that's why I call it the tale of two cultures. And so my takeaway really from those experiences is there are two superpowers in, in any business and it's leadership and culture. However, based on my experience, however, those superpowers can be kryptonite if, uh, if leadership and culture aren't tended to. And what do you mean by that? For uh, not yeah. Superman fans. <laughs> yeah. um, strong leadership with a healthy respect for a great culture is a great prescription for success in business in any industry. And actually, there's a lot of research to support that. So for the non-Supermans, fans, kryptonite, it becomes your greatest weakness if it's not strong leadership and smart leadership and savvy leadership with a healthy respect for culture. It become uh, what, what is, could be your greatest strength can become your greatest liability. Mm -hmm. Right. That's such a powerful story. And I think for the listeners here who are coaches and consultants themselves, some of them may have had the same experience of leaving a really uh, untenable situation. I, I hear it all the time, Meredith. When, when I kind of tell people just almost offhandedly, like I told you, uh, uh, you know, several months ago, kind of my tale of two cultures story, I can't tell you how many people have told me, I've been through that. I've been mm -hmm. through exactly that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a powerful thing to recognize. And I think that leads in, it, it causes me to think of another question I'd like to uh, delve into with you. Because now that you're on the outside again, so to speak, yeah. you, I think, have your radar really set to look for the characteristics or traits of a potential client that would attract you to work with them. That would be your ideal version versus someone that I won't say repels you, but you see yellow flags, you say, see red flags waving in the breeze and go, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Let's talk a little bit about first, what are the positive things that would cause you to say yes to working with a particular client? Because I'm of the opinion that we uh, who are in business need to evaluate our prospective clients from our own um, not just financial potential success, but our own emotional well-being. Is this a client that's going yeah. to energize me and I'm going to enjoy working with? So from that perspective, what do you look for? A client, a typical client that I'm really looking for and attracted to is one that I have. So I'm going to just describe one, one of the clients that I have uh, that really kind of attracted me to working with them. The CEO said to me, and I've seen him say it to his leadership team, you know, we're a really good company and we should be proud of what we've accomplished. We've grown, we've had a lot of success, you know, but here's the thing. If we're going to keep growing and be successful, we have to be willing to be humble. We have to be willing to look with very clear eyes about what we're not good at. You know, we're good at a lot of things, but we're not good at everything. So we have to look at things with very clear eyes and just accept that we're not great at it and be willing to roll our sleeves up and get better. So it's that mindset 
that I really love working with that successful companies, but know that success is not permanent and really willing to roll their sleeves up and get better at the things that really matter and drive the business. And to include leadership development and culture development. So that, the client, that one client that I have, I have other clients too, but that's the one that really kind of describes what really attracted me to work with that client. That's great. And it sounds like they're willing then to invest in developing their people. They are, and in many ways, uh, Meredith, uh, invest in developing their people through executive coaching, what, you know, what I'm doing, uh, uh, willing to invest in leadership development for their managers that are really kind of frontline managing their business or kind of middle levels managing their business. And this client kind of does a unique thing uh, where I am coaching some of their regional leaders to run projects that's outside their day job so that they can scale some things inside the business. So I've found that kind of project coaching is a great way to invest in your leaders and actually create value inside the company. So that you're talking in additional skills that they're learning by the company investing in other opportunities for them beyond the basic skill set they use on a day-to-day basis. That's exactly right. And that happened to me in my corporate career. My first corporate career was the best development I ever got was to lead a cross-functional team in a project that was important to the board. And so I did. And, you know, six, eight months later, after we reported back to the board, I realized I developed some really higher level skills in collaborating and leading a team of people that I, I wasn't their boss and, and kind of framing strategy and evaluating uh, opportunities and threats. And so I really developed a, a higher skill set, a different skill set as a result of that project and then the coaching I received to help mm-hmm. run the project. You know, that's really great because I think, again, the listeners of this program Uh, one of the takeaways is what are some other opportunities that you can see when you're working with a client that will help them develop the healthy culture, the healthy leadership that's needed? Because sometimes we go in with a focus on what we got hired to do and we stick to our knitting on that one thing. And yet there are many other ways that we could be of service and benefit to that same client that uh, sometimes they get overlooked. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's really up to me, Meredith. Um, so another client I'll just kind of tell you about, I started out doing executive coaching for the CEO. And then uh, the CEO asked me to do executive coaching for the VP of finance. And, 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 uh, and as I was having a lot of conversations with the CEO and just uncovering issues, that were challenges for him as the CEO, uh, I just saw more opportunities where I could help, you know? And so really developing that relationship with my client and, and really listening to kind of what they're saying uh, and not just to respond it, but to really listen to their needs that might be beyond kind of the initial engagement and then coming back and offering solutions uh, based on just some good old fashioned listening to what they're challenged with. 
Yeah, and I think that's really critical when we think of growing our businesses. Uh, where are the additional opportunities to make an impact with this same organization? So let me just flip the switch a little bit and talk about, get you to talk about what are the things that would kind of be a waving yellow flag or a red flag for you when you're talking with a prospective client that would cause you to say, I'm not the right person or they're not the right organization for me to work with? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it's, it's a, an organization who is just only bottom line oriented. I, I mean, I have a healthy respect for in business, we have to be profitable and in businesses we have to grow and that we have to grow in healthy, profitable, productive ways, you know, mm -hmm. a healthy sure. growth. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, businesses are just solely short-term oriented, you know, to, to squeeze the last nickel out of, you know, out of the revenues, not for me, uh, because I don't see building happening there. Uh, so I, I think I would discover that pretty quickly in a conversation. The other thing that would be the biggest red flag of all that may take a while is uh, they have core values and it's on the website and it's on their poster and they talk about it, but the reality of it is uh, their core values are a joke uh, from the perspective of their employees. And I've had uh, employees tell me that where I was doing kind of leadership development inside that organization. Uh, so that uh, those would be the two big red flags for me, kind of singularly focused on the bottom line without really wanting to invest in growing the company and, and growing their talent. Uh, and then, you know, not, not really uh, lacking integrity uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to things that matter, core values particularly. What are some signals that you get recognizing that when you're first having these initial conversations with a potential client, they're not going to offer up or bottom line oriented only, or, you know, we don't live our values. What are some of the clues that you watch for or listen for since you wouldn't have had access at that point to employees to hear their perspective? Yeah, it, so it's really two things. Uh, well, it could be three things. One would be, you know, we're, we're, we're in this network of, of, of leaders in the work that you and I do is just talking to people who might know this company. Um, as, as you and I grow our network, we're more connected. So that, that's, mm -hmm. that's one opportunity without even talking to the company. Uh, so that's, that's an early hurdle that, that I always uh, jump over. Uh, the second one is just having a conversation, you know, an in-depth conversation uh, with that executive or executives and, and really finding out their priorities and their pain points and, and those kind of things. And just a pretty informal conversation. Um, and I may get to that and I may not. And then the th uh, in the first conversation, it may take a couple. And then the third is really I just have an assessment. Uh, of just organizational assessment that I would ask kind of senior leaders just to just to fill out. It's a you know it's kind of a standard thing, just about what their priorities are and what their values are, and and kind of just compare those. You know, if it's a senior leadership of five or six people, uh, that's that, there are a lot of clues in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see the difference. So yeah. those are really helpful tips because one of the things that we 
we all have a limit of his time. And so we want to spend our time in front of the people that are going to be the best match for us that really are interested in having us help them. And so I'm curious, what is different about your approach when you go to work with clients? How do you set yourself apart? You know, um, when I get in front of a client, Meredith, I find it's relatively easy. Uh, I have the advantage of uh, having a six at the beginning of my uh, age. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so that's one thing. And, and they see my credentials uh, really before I even meet with them. I'll send them my credentials. I have a PhD in organization and in management. I have 30 plus years of experience and I call that the fusion of you know, uh, the, the School of Hard Knocks and some pretty extensive academic work, real world and academic. So I, I, I usually go into conversations with quite a bit of credibility. They know that I've been there and done that corporately and as a coach and a consultant. And so that, that earns me a lot of credibility. And then, and then my, my first conversation, I'm not selling anything. I am having a conversation and I am really listening to kind of, you know, what results they're looking for and what challenges they're looking, they're experiencing. Uh, and, and I never make a proposal until I'm very clear about what, you know, about what their needs are. So I think just my approach uh, helps me a lot in closing deals. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, because you and I have talked about this before, there's the whole business development side, yeah. getting in front of enough of the right yeah. people. And then there's once you're in front of them. And so what it sounds like you're saying is once you're in front of someone, your combination of experience and credentials gets them listening to you as well. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I'm curious... What have you found to be some of the best questions that you ask that help you get to the root of the problem they're dealing with? Because sometimes I think people are reluctant to ask, you know, really penetrating or, or deep questions too quickly for fear of putting somebody off. So I'm just yeah. curious yeah. what your approach is to question asking. Yeah, so question asking usually starts with positive uh, you know, uh, what is it that you do here that people in your organization are really proud of? You know, what's your track record look like for the last five years or so? And what's the best thing going on here at, at your company that you love to tell people about or investors about? And so it, it's, you know, we all like to do that. We all like to talk about our businesses and our kids and our grandkids and the things that we're proud of. So that, that's really where I start. Um, but then I, I switch gears and I'm pretty upfront about that. Like I'm Meredith, I'm switching gears now. And uh, so uh, help me understand maybe the key couple of barriers to getting to where you want to be, to growth, to profitability, to really the sustained success that, that you really want to have. What, what are the few things that are getting in the way or slowing you down? So that's kind of my general question uh, after kind of, you know, kind of the positive uh, stuff that all companies are proud to talk about. So it's, you know, I tell them I'm switching gears and I go right at it. 
you know, what's slowing you down? What's getting in the way? That's great. Well, uh, let me back up then. What is it that you've done in advance of having that con initial conversation? How have they learned about you? What are some things that you've been doing to get yeah. done? Yeah, so you talked about business development. So going from corporate uh, uh, to kind of doing what I'm doing, uh, there's a learning curve. You know, when you leave corporate world that you've been in for a long time and go out to be an entrepreneur, the biggest learning curve is business development. It has been for me and it is for people that I talk to. So when I talk about business development, it's there's two pieces of that. There's the back end, close, making a proposal and closing the deal. Uh, I find that pretty, pretty easy for me to do just because of my experience, I think. Uh, the front end of that is marketing. Uh, getting in, you know, putting potential clients in the funnel. Uh, so <clears throat> I've taken some, I've taken, you know, some courses. Uh, I've gotten really busy on LinkedIn. And so one of the things I do on LinkedIn is I post a leadership tip of the week. And I've built a following kind of from nothing a few years ago to over 4,000 uh, people following me. So it's one of the things I'm doing is branding. Uh, and giving value. So leadership tip of the week, you know, is a, is a, you know, is a two minute read every Sunday. And so I think people kind of get it that eh, I think this guy knows what he's talking about. So, and now I'm aware of him. So that's absolutely one thing. And then, uh, and then I will reach out directly uh, to folks on LinkedIn after they've followed me for a while and seen some of my leadership tips. I don't like to uh, just, go out there too early without any kind of relationship. Uh, so pretty heavy in LinkedIn. Um, really, because I've been in business for a long time, I do a lot of just, uh, uh, you know, networking with people that I know and people that I've worked with. Uh, so really working the network that you already have. I've done, I've done that with some success. I have a major client as a result of that. Uh, so I've gotten business, Meredith. Uh, uh, two or three clients, two clients uh, from LinkedIn that they reached out to me. Uh, one major client kind of from uh, just people, two clients from people that I know uh, that know what I do. I've worked with them and they respect what I do. So it's the combination of LinkedIn and um, just networking and, and making connections. Mm -hmm. And I think that both of those are really powerful because you can use a platform like LinkedIn to establish your credibility yeah. and get people to trust you because they see that you are a credible, is it a writer? Is that what you're doing is, is weekly articles? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I write a post. Every once in a while I'll do a short video, Meredith. Uh, but it's mostly a couple of paragraph uh, tip that is just very practical. It's not academic. It's not consultant speak. It's uh, here's a tip I've learned kind of from the school of hard knocks. And so that's what I do every week. And, and uh, that's really kind of grown my followership. I, I get people connecting with me all over the world. I have no idea who they are, uh, but it's, grow, it's grown my network. That's great to hear because one of the key things you're mentioning is you're saying weekly, which equates to consistency. Yes, and I think that's one of the things that's missing from folks. We hear the latest 
uh, new idea and say, oh, I'm going to try that. And so we do it for a short period of time, and then we're off to something else because that doesn't give us immediate results. But the fact is, you've been writing these tips, you said, for almost three years now? Uh, uh, probably about a year. Okay. Yeah, I've been on LinkedIn for about three years, but I've, okay. I've consciously written tips for about a year now. Okay. But there's a discipline there. And yes, ma'am. You know, it's like anything else that we commit to do, whether it's, you know, get in better shape physically and work out or eat right or with our business development. What are the things that I'm doing on a daily or weekly basis that are going to, over time, get me known to the audience that I want to be known by. <clears throat> and I think a key element there is being clear who your ideal target market is. So for you, who does that, who is that? What does that look like? Yeah, uh, you know, anybody who's a leader, uh, it's my hope that I give value to, you know, in my tip of the week. My ideal client is a senior executive likely with kind of a mid-sized, medium-sized business. Uh, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I've grown up in. And I've found that companies that are too small often don't have the budget to do what you and I do. And companies that are kind of these mega corporations often have the resources in-house. Uh, so that's so it's really a CEO, a COO, a senior executive of a mid-sized company. That is really trying to grow a great business that they're really proud of. That's great. Well, as we get to the end of our time together, are there any other thoughts, tips, ideas that you'd like to share with your uh, colleagues out there who are yeah. peers and consult consultants and coaches like you? You said it. So I'm going to echo what you said. <clears throat> business development is about consistency, right? Uh, but so is leadership development. And, and I really learned that from you and Denny uh, all, all those years ago. Uh, so I'm kind of quoting you now, kind of the focus action reflection model. So leadership development is done every week. You focus on something that, you know, to develop a skill or a strategy. The action is you put it on your calendar and you do it, right? And then at the end of the week, you just take a few minutes and reflect on how did that go? Did that go really well? And I, and I really feel like uh, I've got that skill right and I can go on to another one. Or did that not go quite as well as I wanted it to? That, that meaning maybe a coaching session, mm -hmm. you know, some leadership practice uh, and reflect on it. And so that I can do it just a little better next time. So that's really how I do coaching and leadership development, where it's, you know, we set some goals, we're clear about what we want to get better at, and then there's this consistent drumbeat uh, application uh, and, and focus, at, uh, you know, action and reflection. And over time, we get results. We, we always get results with, with that focus, that action, that reflection, and then the consistent application of that practice. That's great. That's, that's what I found get results. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I forgot to mention this right in the beginning. Mark has worked with us on both products that we have, our 360 survey software, along with our Strong for Performance development tool for leaders. And I appreciate you bringing that up because it is that consistency 
in uh, a leader doing the work that's needed to be done, not just the consistency of a coach or consultant doing yeah. business development. For any behavior we want to make a habit, it does require that commitment to be consistent. Yeah, here's what I've learned that doesn't work, Meredith, and, and we learn that way too, right? Uh, I yes. have delivered so many really terrific, not bragging, but really terrific, dynamic, informative, two-day workshops all over the world that didn't have much effect <laughs> because that's not how we learn. We don't learn by having a bunch of good stuff dumped in our head and then we leave and go back to our day job. We learn by consistent, disciplined application of the skill that we're building, whether that's business development or leadership or communication. That's so I learn how not to do it before I learn how to do it. Yes. And it's, it's so helpful to have a coach along the way who is giving you the guidance as you try things and the support. Because when we're trying yeah. something new, it is not easy. And we fall back on our old way of doing it. So having somebody that is there to support and coach us along the way is really critical. Yeah, you know... Uh, Leadership is a team sport. <laughs> I mean, leadership development, leadership's yeah. team sport. Leadership development is a team sport. The more we are surrounded by people that will encourage us, uh, coach us, guide us, and then somebody to hold us accountable too for staying the course of, you know, just practicing and, until we get it right. So that's really important part of leadership development is surrounding ourselves with people that will help us along that journey. That's great. Well, Mark, you've shared so many great insights and tips from your uh, number of years. We won't say the number, but you're going <laughs> to give it away. <laughs> just give it away. Um, so tell people how they can connect with you and find you so they can follow up if they'd like to have a conversation with you and learn more yeah, about it. Yeah, I appreciate that opportunity. I mean, I have a website, but I, I think what I'd really like people to do is connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, just go to Mark Hinderleiter uh, and then you'll see my smiling face and just connect with me and, and I'll accept the connection. And so, and then once you do that, follow me. Read my weekly tip, uh, uh, leadership tip. Go back and, and read, you know, uh, several weeks back so you get a flavor for what I'm talking about. And if my style appeals to you and you feel like we can uh, do some business together, then just direct message me. Um, uh, that'd be great. And if you just feel like you just want to read my tip and get value from that, I'm, I'm delighted to do that too. Great. Thank you so much, Mark, for being with me today. You've provided some, I think, a lot of good uh, uh, data and uh, information to stimulate the thinking of our listeners, and I appreciate you very much. Thank you, Meredith. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.